Gaming on the Frontier. This is Trap. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of finding yourself far, far, far away from home, and only thing you have to eat is something on a shingle. Or shrimp on the barbie. This week we are talking about Fringeworthy, and we're talking about the, uh, well, what they refer to in the source book as the um, Alice Springs training facility. Now, uh, I didn't know this, and it shows Trav that even I can like not know things uh, about Fringeworthy. Okay, I, all I, right. I, I went and looked at Alice Springs, and I'm like, there's no military base here. Even, you know, and I, and I went online, and I checked for military base Alice Springs, and it came back with Pine Gap, which is considerably southeast, southwest of of uh, Alice Springs, it is a uh, a joint Australia United States covert surveillance base that runs like you know it, it works for the NSA and the CIA and whoever it is on the Australian side. They didn't mention. Well, I don't know. It ain't that damn. It ain't that damn covert. If you found out about it, so I'm just saying. Well, no, it's it's covert <laughs> because they're they handle satellites. Yeah, okay, but still, yeah. yeah. Say covert, you think it was like a secret base. Well, yeah, yeah except it, it came out with Snowden and all the rest of that stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and, and yeah. And there's been a number of uh, protests that have been done by the Australians against it. Uh, so, anyways, the point is is that what they refer to as the uh, Alice Springs train facility, if it is at that same location is basically next to one of the most covert locations uh, in Australia. <laughs> so, uh, and it is considerable distance away from the city of, uh, uh, of I forgot the name already, uh, Springs. Alice Springs. Springs. Okay. So uh, if you look on a map, basically what you do is, is you go from Alice Springs down to the Alice Springs airport. Which is, you know, and then you make a hard, uh, well, you make a hard right if you're going from Alice Springs, actually going south, and you head west out, and you find yourself in Pine Gap, uh, which is on the map, and there is no map of Pine Gap, of course, because it's covert location, uh, but you can, uh, uh, it is at least on some maps, and you know, uh, as far as as like labeled. Uh, and that would be where the train facility would be because it makes a lot of sense to put it right next to the other one because they already have all of the infrastructure they need in order to keep that place secure. And they yeah. really, 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 really want to keep the 
you know, uh, the fringeworthy training base secure because of why, Jonathan? Oh, well, a number of reasons, but the top one I can think of is terrorism. People wanting to take out IDET or the alien menace or whatever they don't like. Oh, may I interject something, Jonathan? Or maybe, you know, we we have people in this world today that are not fond of the United Nations. Just, you know, they get all uppity and political. Oh, the new world order and all that. We got the black Mm -hmm. helicopters. You're going to have, and I guess that would count as terrorism, but people who specifically have a bone to pick with the UN. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying oh, yeah. that. You've would already be got that. Too. Yeah. 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 You've already got that. And then tacking on the idea of these are people who are, whether they really are or not, they're going to be foreseen as, you know, bringing in the alien menace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you have people that you're really afraid of hurting. Okay, because if you have only one out of 100,000 people are fringeworthy, it's really important that you don't lose any because someone well, decides yeah, well, yeah. to get a mad on about either A, I'm not fringeworthy, so nobody gets to be fringeworthy, <laughs> or, you know, you're not, you know, my government isn't represented is it represented because they didn't find any fringeworthy in my location in our country. Or, uh, you know, the uh, uh, these people are really valuable. I bet if I was able to grab one of them, I'm going to give myself a southern accent here, which is probably not fair. You know, get one of them and take it off, and I could probably get a nice piece of coin for it, for their return. Maybe a finder's fee for finding them in the desert. So, you know, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy people. And I don't want to say anything bad about Australia, but it does have a reputation for having a lot of crazy people and, and really dangerous animals. <laughs> so, Oh, geez, uh, Australia is only the most dangerous ecosystem on the planet. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that because, uh, you know, because one of the things they're going, and it's the second thing, which is it's not just the fringeworthy. There's also the non-human fringeworthy that are also going to be at Alice Springs. And so you've got... You're, you're everybody's friendly spider people who uh, uh, who would, might be able to give these Australians a run for uh, uh, bugs a rug for their money. I don't know, but they're uh, you know, oh Demix oh yeah Demixi in the okay from what I what I from what I understand of Australia having the most dangerous ecosystem on the planet. Y'all remember the, the movie Kong Skull Island, right? With like Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, John C. O'Reilly. Yes. And they filmed Skull mm-hmm. Island there. Um, no, no. All of them just said, never again. We are not going there. Everything in that jungle was trying to kill us. And of course, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, Harold Danvers, has like massive allergies. So she was just hopped up on Benadryl the entire shoot. And yeah, I can see the Demixies going into this jungle, looking at these horribly deadly spiders and going oh, wait a minute how, the mixie how was that sort of a wheezing song eh, that's adorable oh it's cute it looks like my cousin back home you know just they would they would find or australopithecus the, yeah he's like yeah right George, yeah. it looks like you but smaller and cute because <laughs> of that yeah it's a little well, mini, it's a little mini yeah. you and and meanwhile the humans are going we got on this job how what did we do who did we anger yeah yeah but oh. no i would see the the Demixie would just be, yeah, they would look at, at it's like, they pat the spider on the head, that's, a, you're adorable. But back away, boy, you bother me. You go away, boy, you bother me. You know, like right. Demixie feels, yeah. 
Well, but, um, but the point is, is that we we we've talked before about the obvious xenophobia that's going to happen anytime they see some of these truly alien fringeworthy, and having them right there, you know, in Australia, there's going to be some people that are going to be reaching for their varmint rifles, <laughs> saying, "Is it? I get, I don't have no problem with there being." them training fringeworthy out of that base over there but they're training critters they're training monstrosities you know that can't that can't be uh you know godly you know yeah between that and well, let's see the two major non-humanoid races for fringeworthy are of course the demixi and the blizznes and the blizznes are just all out pacifists so i mean yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they'd have to kick in, you know, the mellowing field to calm people down. Yeah, it's but, like they're yeah. pacifists and they make you pacifist. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, it's up to you how you know the GM as to how many, uh, uh, you know, you know how how many of the um, slargs are there. And, oh God, I forgot about them. And how many oh, of the uh, 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 the little bird critters. Um, uh, are oh, they, the ones from uh, Portals Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, those, of course, yes. You know, well, yeah. We've got uh, we got them. Uh, let's see. The Archon, I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's also their lizard buddies, who you know are the Tazeel. Oh yeah, man, ten, ten foot tall. Yeah. Eight, well, not that eight foot tall, and uh, scary as hell because they're supposed to be. So, yeah, I'm just saying is that, you know, once the, the uh, I mean, IDAD, of course, wants to control everything. So they're going to want to bring all those people in to train them there at that base, you know, even though, you know, I'm sure that the Dezeal could probably give them a, a much better survival training on their own world, considering what's there. And uh, if you want to deal with post-apocalyptic yeah. urban landscapes, you go for the Demixi because they basically trash the ecosystem of their entire world, and they feel good about yeah. it. <laughs> they don't feel they don't feel bad about it at all. They're like, we'll adapt. We're okay. Yeah, we got this. Ten percent of our eggs, you know, don't hatch, but that's all right. Ninety percent do. <laughs> so. I'm just saying is that there's a lot of different views of, peop of people out there. And uh, anyways, but the point is, is that you got to need to protect these people from themselves, from other people. You don't, you don't want them to just go wandering about the countryside, especially if they're aliens, because uh, the locals may take a dim, a, a dim reaction to that. Uh, and they are Australian, so they're, they could be touchy. <laughs> so... Well, here's the thing. Australia doesn't have the gun uh, plethora that we have here in the United States. So, yeah, they there might be picketing. There might be, you know, you know, aliens go home type thing. But, they, yeah, we're not going to have the gun issues. Now, if Alice Springs were in America, yeah, you'd be having. But, yeah, I just remembered that Australia has different gun laws. Than we well, do. but they also have knives and clubs and all kinds well, of Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the old-fashioned yeah. pitchfork still works. Yeah. And we got the other guy handing out the torches, yep. Yep. Um, you know, you, you take a, uh, you know, a, 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 a uh, you know, a, a one-quart bottle full of gasoline and a, and, and, and a wick in it, you know, does a lot of damage when you throw it. Ah, yes, Molotov cocktail, yeah. Yes, 
and uh, and you can just suck it right out of your gas tank. Anyways, yeah. the, so it makes sense that you would have that base there, even though theoretically it could be anywhere around Alice Springs. I think that if they did it, they would put it there. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, if there's already a base there, that yeah, they're gonna go with the cheapest, right. easiest so, option, especially with the speed this thing had to be set up in. Well, you know, uh, it's true. Okay, so and according, if I'm reading this correctly, there is a road that goes right off the main road, straight over to Pine Gap. So uh, not anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see it on this the Zoom thing. Okay, I, I made it worse. All right. Anyways, uh, so like I said, you go over the uh, over to the main road and you head on up to the airport and then you keep heading up to Alice Springs. So, I mean, it's a good location. It is pretty. There is a lot of mountains over where Alice Springs is, but this is south of that. So it's out in the actual uh, desert area and. You know, if you need some people to do some stuff and, and uh, you know, you don't mind, you know, uh, who you get, the Alice Springs Correctional Center is actually just south of Pine Gap. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll have people out there working hard to, uh, you know, to do whatever. So, uh, but anyways, like I say, you've got all this area that's south of it. Is it and the, and the, the old song, Working on the Chain Gang, comes to mind now. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, the, the the point here is is that it's a plain. It's it's not the mountains, which is where Alice Springs actually is. So that means that you know when you read in the book about you know uh, uh, you, you know various people going for long twenty mile hikes through the desert. That's what we're talking about. That's where this is. Okay. So uh, but let's move on to uh, what's actually there. Okay. So we talked about the fact that. I mean, we, we can ignore the obvious stuff, like the fact that they're going to have quarters, there's going to be a medical center, there's going to be educational, well, we should talk about the educational stuff, uh, a, you know, a medical center uh, and dormitories, um, and of course, lots and lots of, uh, of security. Uh, okay, but it's the other stuff that really makes the, the place a special place. So... Um, who wants to jump in? What's well, I, have, I, have, I, I made a list up, you know, after I got home today about things I would think that would be in this space, and especially if it's connected to Pine Gap. Right. Okay, if it's connected to an actual military government installation. Right. They'll just incorporate all that. But this is just the things I came up with. And some of this I remembered, because I do remember John telling us, many ages ago, that Hatsumi is only accessible six months out of the year. And Arctic's weather just makes it totally unapproachable. It's only accessible year. by, remember, it's only accessible by Earth six months out of the year. Well, yeah, but yeah, you're there in Hatsumi and you are stuck there. You can, especially in the early campaign, before they open up the Richardson Mountains and the Cherokee Mountains portals in Canada and Russia, respectively. Right. During the early campaign, you're at Hatsumi, and if you're there during the cold season, you're there for the cold season. You want to leave, there's the portal. Right. And so I made, I, I thought up, and I actually kind of thought it up along the lines of Pathfinder's Ultimate Campaign, where you could make kingdoms, quote unquote, so you could make, add the various things. So these are just the things that I thought should be at this installation. Go for it. Obvious. What was that? Go for it. Okay. 
an airfield because you were going to be having people flying directly from the base on White Island above ground. Because remember, most you know, like 99% of Hatsumi is below the ice before you get to the electrostatic dome with the Tremelin compound. You're going to want an airfield because... Well, that's there's one at Alice Springs Airfield. It's not part of the base itself, but there's... One. I would think you... I would think you'd probably, you might want one. Well, I mean, yeah, if the airfield is there, like the, the because everybody's going to know that this base is there. They're not going to make it secret. No. Yeah. And and so that that airfield then is going to get a lot more traffic. Yeah, they couldn't, um, they couldn't keep Pine Gap secret. So why would they? Why yeah, would but they? I mean, yeah. it's just now people are going to be realizing, wait a minute, we got all these flights and yeah, they're, they're you know, a lot of UN flights coming from the south and yeah. So um, other things, obviously, you have to go through, and I believe it says in Fringe for the D20, it's a six-month training regimen, Yeah. physically and mentally. Okay, you're going to want training facilities for these Fringe-worthy prospects that are going to be made IDA explorers. So I put both a gun range and a gymnasium, because you're going to need to learn some hand-to-hand training. You're going to need to learn how to use a gun. And in Fringe for the D20, there is, I think, you get a when you take the IDET template, I think you do get personal weapons proficiency. So oh, you're yeah. going to need to tra- train these people on basic hand-to-hand combat and firearms use. Um, obviously a full hospital, because you're out doing a hike in the outback and something happens, you're going to need that full medical facility, not just some little nurse's station, the full deal. Also science labs, because... And, and this came to mind. Actually, I'm getting out of my car on the way to work or uh, way home from work. And I'm going, okay, you have Hatsumi base there. You need to do an experiment. You need to get the stuff to the UN. Now, if you can, like, contain the experiment and fly it to Alice Springs, you're going to have all that where you can keep the experiment going and you have the full science lab, like a geology lab, chemistry, biology, whatever you and of course, you're also going to have those sciences with the word Xeno in front of it, because you're dealing with alien beings, you're dealing with alien technologies, you're dealing with alien materials. Um, obviously, the barracks, you know, you're going to have to, you're having people stay in there six months. It's going to be like probably a dormitory style uh, type setup. Independent power supply, because let's face it, yeah, we talked about people doing stuff because they may not want you know, the alien furners there, they're going to sit there and try to cut, you know, power core. You're going to want that independent power supply. Just either, well, let's see, it's still high PL5, you know, like photovoltaic cells, a solar farm or something. You know, just something that that will be, if something happens to local power grid, the station can still run at full capacity. Um, you're going to have a PX store because you got people there for six months. They're going to want entertainment, food, and whatnot. Um, A learning facility. I put library, but because you also get survival training and first contact protocols, as it says in the IDET template sidebar, you're going to want that full learning facility. And of course, as science increases and technology increases, the learning tools are going to be different. By the time you get to the late campaign, I mean, you could sit there and probably have something that you just have a pre-programmed curriculum. You just attach it to the person's forehead and they learn through osmosis, you know, sleep learning or whatever. I'm sure the Tremellon has that stuff all over. Um, Obviously a full communication station because this is a UN facility. Yeah, it's next to the joint US-Australian facility at Pine Gap, but this is a UN interdimensional agency training facility. 
you're going to want full communications all over the planet to not only New York, but also to all the other member nations, because let's say something happens, you need to contact all Lithuania and Botswana. Fine. You're going to need to have that full, you know, SATCOM relay the whole nine yards. And finally, I just threw in there some type of detention facility because you're going to have, I mean, remember you are training these people. You're going to have discipline problems. You're going to have the, that person. He's there. And just, yeah, I mean, and also there might be an altercation between a human and an alien. And you're going to need to put somebody in a cell for a while. Just, you know, all military bases have bricks or jails. So, yeah, these are things I came up with just that I would think would be in this Alice Springs United training facility. So, and I know there were a few things just automatically there, but others just came to mind this evening. I'm like, oh, no, they would have this, they'd have this. Yeah, they'd need that. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, now, if you look at the map of, of the road that goes over to Alice Springs, there's actually two roads. There's one road that goes up over the mountains because uh, it, it's basically just north of uh, where it was marked as Alice Springs was, um, or Pine Gap, uh, was, is basically where the mountain ranges start. Actually, the, the, the uh, Pine Gap installation is up in those mountains on what looks to be a uh, plateau of some kind. And uh, it is pretty big. One of the more interesting things about it is, is that it has its own rail line. And I can't tell where the rail line begins uh, as far as, like, it, does it continue along the road over to the main highway? Or does it actually start right there where the 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 road, which is called Hat H A T T Road, uh, gets to uh, uh, Pine Gap? But there's a road, there's a, a regular road, and also a railroad. So I can see these people basically coming over to uh, uh, you know because they want to get supplies in, and those other roads are pretty tough. So it looks like they built their own little mini rail line that goes into uh, you know, goes into Pine Gap. And, and I am not at all uh, ashamed of saying that this seems an awful lot like the Hogwarts Express. <laughs> when you, you, get, you arrive at the airport uh, over, uh, and of course they do have helicopters, but you arrive at the airport uh, over there at uh, the Alice Springs Airport, and they, move, and they basically put you on into those big black vans or trucks, depending upon the size of the creature or whatever, and they move you over, and then they load you into this train that, drive, that rides you up over to the base. I can see that. I can see that a lot. Uh, because uh, there's, the place itself is just pretty much of an, uh, is an open area. Uh, and... Uh, it, 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 I mean, I'm not sure there's any tree. I mean, outside of the, the actual property of it, it looks completely bare. Okay. Outside of it, there's, there's clearly trees looking at the satellite. And, uh, but I could, uh, and there's also some trees in around some of the buildings, like they did some landscaping, but the actual base itself looks pretty like they scraped it down to the bedrock because, you know, they, and so, uh, I don't see any any decent roads in there, but who knows? It, like I said, I can't really tell from these pictures. But uh, I thought that was cool that they actually have a railroad going in there. Because, you know, when you're bringing stuff in to this place, especially when you were building it, 
it, it would make a lot of sense to have your own little rail line because some of because inside of some of these big geodesic domes are giant you know dishes and those things may have come partially or fully constructed uh, and uh, just loaded onto rail cars and then just taken right up into this area. So, and if you need to uh, uh, move a lot of people, if they had the bug out or something like that, or you know, if they want to bring in a whole lot of visitors for a reason, uh, a rail line is not is, is a good way of doing it. Now, I'm sure that they would fly in with <laughs> helicopters and such for the really important people. And I yeah. think that that you know, the fully trained fringeworthy. Uh, would be flown in and out, but I'm just saying is that for most of the people that are there who work there, okay, uh, unless they're actually st st staying there, they would commute to this location. It's only 24 miles or 28 kilometers from Pine uh, uh, Alice Springs, so there's really no reason not to you know travel here every day. Commute. There's no reason not to commute. So. Uh, I see this as being more of a, uh, even, even though it's it's like a lot of the other places there in the United States, like uh, uh, the um, oh, uh, jet propulsion labs and things like that, those places have tremendous, or even Area 51, uh, they have tremendous security around the outside, but once you get inside, it's an open campus. You can basically walk anywhere you want to except, of course, the inside of certain buildings. So I, I see that as being a, the way that this thing would be. I would think of it as being a more of an open campus where the various fringeworthy would see other fringeworthy. They would see uh, people who were maybe taking advanced courses, and they would see them to encourage the, you know, uh, hey, you, you work hard, and you might be part of, of the, uh, oh, uh, you know, the, 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 the scout teams. Uh, or you could, and then you go by other places where you see people, learn, you know, uh, getting fitted for uh, Tamellar and translation uh, devices and such. Saying that's, you know, uh, those people are training for the uh, for the you know the core the, the core that goes that makes all the negotiations. So the diplomatic core. Uh, yeah. You too. You know. So by seeing these people doing these various jobs, it also gives the fringeworthy opportunities to interact with people who are more seasoned, rather than just going like going into a boot camp where the only person who has a skill are the people that were rabid, you know, paramilitary be before they came into boot camp, and the you know the the various d uh, drill instructors. You know, I, I see this as being a lot more of a uh, of a, a very active. You know, uh, or a very advanced summer camp. That's good because I was thinking that they were going to make this like a boot camp where you're just, you know, you're going to get like, you know, the most hard ass USMC drill sergeant. Well, you probably all right, will. Nancy. Well, yeah, but it's like, all right, Nancy, you're going out there into the wild unknown with these portals. We're going to make sure you're leading me. You know. <laughs> and of course, you're going to be having the people going, I'm going to go home, you know, just because they didn't realize they're signing in for. You know, Paris Island, the Australia edition. You know, I do see that for the physical training, they're going to work you to the bone. Yeah. Because and 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 what better place than out in the outback where it's you know just yeah. I'm and I'm not talking the jungle part. I'm just talking the desert plains there where 110 degrees in the shade. You exactly. know, and you're you want yeah the yeah yeah. You want the desert yes. for your boot yeah. camp because you these are these are well 
most of these people are going to be city folk because it's more likely to find Fringeworthy in the city than in the country because population density and opportunity. Well, know. here's the thing. This, this is the yeah. thing that, that that it doesn't bug me, but it just I noticed. Remember in, in the um, the occupation charts in Fringeworthy D20 yeah. where 99% of the people that are going to be Fringeworthy are not going to be police, military, paramilitary, government officials, people training combat. You're getting, it, it's like Bureau 13. You're getting soccer moms, garbage men, you know, businessmen, you know, the guy who's been behind a desk for 20 years, and all of a sudden you find out he's got that quantum signature. Yeah, clerks, chefs. Right, yeah, yeah. You're people who are not used to hardcore combat and extreme environments and totally weird situations. So, yeah, yeah, you're going to be getting these people, and they're going to be there to, all right, you pukes, you're going to, and they're like, I want to go home. You know, just, yeah, yeah, it's going to. Yeah, I'm just seeing that as just, I'm, I'm playing that off my head now and I'm chuckling a little. Right. Well, sorry, not sorry. In yeah. some ways, it's worse than, than Bureau 13 because in Bureau 13, they look for the people that ran into the supernatural and didn't freak out. At least yeah. they, they found a way of handling it and they said, these are the people that might be good. In Frenchworthy, they want you no matter what, okay? Yeah. So... It's like, we're going to have to toughen you up. We're going to have to make you into the kind of person who can handle this job. So it's actually a lot harder to be a fringe-worthy yeah. person yeah. going through that kind of thing because you don't even have the inclination, really. You just want to get paid well, and you want a better life for your family, probably. And maybe you've got the adventure bug. but Yeah, you're, you're sitting there with... You know, Gunny from Full Metal Jacket going, "Was this is this crap worth the hundred thousand dollar check that I got deposited in my account?" And you're weighing it out, doing the hand motion way, like, ah, "I don't know, I got Epley Ermy over here, you know, yelling at me, calling me you know, Jack Wagon." You know? Show me your <laughs> war face. Your war face. <laughs> <laughs> Private pile. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. You gonna have an awful lot of Gomer piles. Showing up for Fringeworthy Boot Camp. Well, golly, shows I am. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. Stop. But no, it just, it, it is. the They're, they're going to have hard asses. And I'm, and I'm sorry. I mean, the two that come to mind to train people for these type of things are your USMC drill sergeants and British SAS drill sergeants. Go on Gordon Ramsay's channel. He got ran through a Royal Marine training obstacle course with guys half his age. That'll give you a slight, it's on YouTube, it's on Gordon Ramsay's channel, about what you go through. You're crawling through mostly filled, you know, cement pipes, holding a rifle, you're in full gear, you're having to, you know, climb walls. You're going to be doing all that. And I'm thinking the two most hard case people to train uh, fringe-worthy Perspective explorers will be USMC sergeants and Royal Marine. Just those are the two that they're going to pick and just be like, okay, no, we're gonna, you're, you're, we're gonna make here, we're gonna break you. You're gonna be out there exploring the unknown for this world. You're gonna be ready for anything, or it'll kill you. You know, just. <laughs> but I, I just see that, from, you know, what I've read on the military. Those are the two types of instructors I'm gonna pick. For the physical, right. because you're also taught, well, survival techniques, that also includes, you know, like how to make a lean-to. That's still like Navy SEAL, Special Forces type stuff. Then they might they might get some, you know, old school Soviet uh, drill instructors, you know, uh, oh, God, the, the, the Russian that runs Hatsumi, Baroden. 
Yeah. Barone will be bringing his old buddies and bring these people to make sure they are tough as nails. Well, there's going to be a lot of, of stuff happening. You know, I mean, yeah. There, there, it's, I mean, this is going to be a very uh, international thing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, there's going to be a whole lot of, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether they're going to build the training base right next to the other base because nobody, because they're not going to want the Russians over there in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even think of that. Yeah, because yeah. this is supposed to be covert surveillance. All yeah. of a sudden, here come the Russians. Here come the Chinese. Here, and they're like, "Wait, wait, wait! What? What's this over here? What? Oh, yeah. don't mind that. Just pay no attention to what's on that fence. Right? No, no. We want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one thing, and and, and again, another reason why I think that it would be here is if you need co uh, uh, secure communications, they are set up for it. Oh no, that's what I mean. That full comm station. Have that would be fine. Bet. Yeah. Super encryption. All that kind of stuff. You're gonna. There's gonna be a clean, clean channel if you need to do some kind of a, uh, uh, you know, web, web link to. Uh, yeah. You know, to to some place for the training or whatever. You know, uh, but I mean, do you see this as being anything more than just a, uh, a training base? I mean, obviously, it's gonna be a the main supply location. You know, uh, conduit for. Uh, Hatsumi base because well yeah 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 and that's especially during the early campaign yeah well even later uh, okay because you know I mean unless you're going to be getting your supplies off the fringe pass okay which is which can be done uh, yeah there is there is a little bit of an issue about getting them from the underwater base <clears throat> up to the surface so they can get over but uh, but you know those those big um, uh, those those big airplanes. Okay, they need a big runway to land, unless of course they're going to use it, be using JATO units. And I would think they would probably be saving those for taking off back once they get to Hatsumi Base, because you know they have to literally uh, take steam generators and and smooth the ice in order to have a runway. Yeah, <laughs> up there. So yeah. I see them landing at the airport, not over at Pine Gap, which is one of the reasons oh, yeah, 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 yeah. why I see them transferring over, whether they do it by helicopter or they do it by, you know, uh, uh, armored van or whatever they might want to do. And then changing over to a uh, train, because, again, it can be armored, you know, uh, and, you know, that's how I see them doing that. So uh, but yeah, uh, so. I, I, that's one reason why I think that they wouldn't, they wouldn't make this place into more than what they had to. That you know it was that if, if something was, uh, I mean I could see them landing here to refuel the uh, or change over to an actual jet, uh, rather than the, uh, uh, rather than those 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 big, uh, uh, prop planes is what they they, they use the Hercules planes. Uh, switch over to a to a jet uh, uh, a jet cargo plane to get to where you really need to go. If you, if you had something that literally needed, if you needed to just transfer something, unless the weather was really bad, it was, if it's electronic, they would have already done it at Hatsumi Base. So the the only thing that's coming from there is going to be physical samples, which uh, they. In the early campaign, they would have to bring somewhere else to be to be cataloged and and tested and things like that. And 
I don't know if they would do that at, at uh, Alice Springs. They could. That's kind of the GM decision, but I could see more likely that they would do it someplace else. You know, take go to the places, you know, if you've got a sample of, you know, biologicals like bacteria and things like that, you know, you're going to take that over to... So, but on the other hand, you're in the middle of a desert. I mean, if you look at the map, you are smack, smack dab the middle of Australia. And so it is an actually, it's a fairly good place to contain an outbreak if it happened. So, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm bringing yeah. up, I finally got Google Maps going and let's see. Yeah. Oh no, you're, you're in the North, you're in the Southern part of the Northern Territories. But Northern Territory of Australia, yeah. But that so. puts you smack dab in the center of Australia. Oh, yeah, no, you're in the outback. I mean, other than the, the mountainous map, area. The continent of Australia, you are dead center. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. 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 Shrunk it down all the way. Yes, no, oh, no, folks. You know how we have here in America? Oh, this is the geographical center of the United States. I think it's somewhere in Nebraska. This is pretty damn close here in, in you know Australia down under. So yeah, and I'm just I'm looking here and, and I'm trying to okay just yeah it, it's right. So if you had, so if you had somebody who wanted to make a break for it, they would be in a really bad spot to do it. Yeah, especially yeah, and that would be oh that'd be a good intimidation tactic. You know, you got your, you know, your Royal Marine instructor. All right, that's it. All of you folks, you're training. And I'll just let you know, there's 700 kilometers of desert in every direction. You can't run. <laughs> or you can, I want to go home. Or yeah. you can run and run all you want. <laughs> we'll just come by and get you. <laughs> we'll pick your you know bleach bones out of the outback. Yeah. <laughs> but the... Uh, uh, what was I going to say here? Uh, but, you know, can you imagine, yeah, the intimidation factor? Okay, we, we're we here on our world now. We're in the Antarctic. Minus 20-degree weather on a daily basis. It's just yeah, right, huge yeah. Huge windstorms. <laughs> it's bleak as bleak can be. And they're saying, all right, he says, now we're going to put you on a plane and take you back to civilization. Oh, thank goodness. I was hoping there was something more than this. And they take you to Alice Springs, but not the Alice Springs, they take you to Pine Gap. And you're like, what kind of a hellhole did you guys grow up in? <laughs> wow. And, and they're just looking around. Wow. Freezer fry. Damn. <laughs> really? You're going yeah. from the, you're going, you're going from the sub sub Arctic to, to, uh, to desert. So, yeah. And then, uh, and finally, uh, you know, you know, finally you go and they fly, they fly you over to someplace like us, you know, uh, Hawaii or someplace because this actually the if you're heading toward America that's actually the first real stop on the way. Well, yeah, they stop off at Honolulu. Yeah, right. Like I'm just saying is that yeah. after after you know, you've been to uh, uh, Pine Gap and then they fly you over to uh, uh, Hon you know, Honolulu and you're like, well, this is different. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if they were if they if they I mean, if they were just looking to send you to civilization, let's see here. Come on. Well, civil, I mean, Alice Springs is a town. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're, you don't want to be in the middle of the outback, I mean, you do have other. Oh, yeah, there's lots of places. There's Perth. I mean, you got Canberra, Perth, Sydney, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of nice places in Australia. 
I, you know, I, and, 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 and I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, I'm sure that sometime during the year it's kind of nice out there. You know, I mean, it is surrounded by trees. It's kind of scrubby. It kind of looks like Arizona, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm. That was the vibe I was getting with the the satellite look here. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you look at uh, maps of Pine Gap, Australia, you'll see side views also showing the surrounding hills and and such. Okay, let me let me look. I'm at Alice Springs. Let me look. Yeah. And the and the ground is actually isn't it's not, not like it's sand it's actually covered with uh, grass it's like you know so it's it kind of a grassland so in many ways it's actually probably more habitable than um, than someplace like uh, Arizona which I've been to and boy you go driving from Phoenix Arizona okay I'm seeing I'm seeing how far Alice Springs and Pine Gap. Yeah, it looks to be about. It's twenty-four. It's twenty-eight kilometers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're and that's and that's taking the you know and and that's not as the as the as the bird flies, uh, that's going east until you get to the main road and then going straight up to to Pi, uh, to Alice Springs, but I mean it's it's a sizable town there so. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I saw the you picture. You go up yeah. there and you know see movies, drink stuff. They probably have something like a mall or uh, at least a a, a, a retail area. So, oh no, no, I saw the retail. I thought it was an American town. I'm seeing Target. I'm seeing you know KFC. It's like oh no, no cultural imperialism <laughs> at its best, folks. Well, you know, I thought it was an American town. Yeah. Yeah, Japan, of course. The uh, KFC. Oh is yeah, in yeah. Japan, you know. KFC and White Castle in Japan, you have to get reservations. They dress up in tux and nice gowns for Valentine's Day. That is how the Japanese adopted our Valentine's Day custom. I'm like, here, you go to KFC or White Castle for a Valentine's Day, you will not have next Valentine's Day with that same person. Just letting you know not now. Not only that, but you uh, won't have a really good ending for your Valentine's Day. No, no, no. You, you, may, mm. you may end up... You may end up having to dig that three-piece bucket or those sliders out of a place you don't want to. Yeah, um, you better. Bring but no, some, I, 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 I some champagne with you when you go. I don't think that'll soften the blow, Bruce. Just I, say, I, I, I'm just trying here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm looking here. Yeah, I see a Domino's Pizza, a Target, a Woolworths. Man, I ain't seen a Woolworth in <laughs> yeah five since years I, since I grew up in. Pittsburgh. Right, exactly. No, there. Yeah, there was a Woolworth. Uh, um, Actually, not far from my grandma's place. I remember eating there at the diner as a kid. Yeah, okay, let's see. Um, yeah, I'm seeing, like, you know, auto parts stores. Puma, Alice City, I'm assuming, a shoe store. A Kmart. Oh, my Lord. No Kmarts here in America, but they got one in Australia. Unbelievable. Right, right. Um, yeah, so, oh, no, folks, yeah, if you wanted to role play, I mean, if you wanted to role play, let's say you're doing... Okay, fringe-worthy basic training, and that, that might be a whole campaign arc. And that's how you're getting your characters to meet. If you research Alice Springs and you get your Google Maps and everything, yeah, we have a 72-hour pass. We're going to Alice Springs. You're going to go there, and there's a lot of stuff. It's going to, especially, you know, you're playing American or Canadian fringe-worthy. Yeah, it's going to look like an average-sized city back home. Because you're seeing all these names here, businesses that you have back home or did at one time. Like I said, the Woolworth. 
Okay, and I'm, and I'm doing this. I'm not talking down to our younger listeners here. Back in the day, Bruce and I went to a store known as a dime store or a five and dime. <laughs> five, five and ten. Yeah. Yeah, five and ten. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, let's see. Kresge's, from which Kmart came. Woolworth. Um, ben Franklin, that was another one. I'm surprised I don't see that on the map here. But, yeah, no, um, just, folks, this would be a real good campaign to run. Unita Basic Training. And you could have it as just a way for your characters to get to know each other. And it'll give that that bond that you have. And if you research it, yeah, you have all of these places. I th- it would be a really cool thought experiment. Just to, Yeah, all y'all, if you run this, yeah, hit us up in, in, in the various, you know, known channels that we have. Do this. Is, if you all do this as a thought experiment, I want to hear how it turns out. Just, well, It would be cool, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at this, and yeah, it right. would be... Well, not talking about what's at the base itself. The I know, base. I know, I know. Okay, it, it, we're talking it's... about the people, okay? Uh, this is this is a classic, you know, love boat, uh, other you know, lost kind of situation where all the people that show up here, they're they're bringing their own personal baggage with them. I mean, not everybody is going to like you know do a Gordian knot cut and say, "All right, my past is gone. This is my future," you know, and just come in free and clear. These people are bringing all, and they're because they're going to be there for six months. So yeah, they're going to be bringing their past and their issues with them. So all the emotional issues, all the. you know, oh, I'm leaving my kid behind with right. my ex and all that. Drug yeah, addictions, yeah. whether it be chemical or liquid or whatever. Um, you know, the people that have, uh, you know, uh, other types of social addictions, uh, you know, when they can't get, uh, when they find out that, oh, yeah, you're in the middle of nowhere. And guess what? Uh, you don't have, you only have the access we give you. And you can't be on Facebook all the day. Your Instagram. What? I can't do Farm Bill. Yeah. I can't do exactly. You know, what, what was the other game? Insta- I can't play my Zynga games. This is BS. I'm leaving. Get me on a plane. I'm out of here. Right. And uh, yeah. Well, anyways, the point is, is that for the people that decide to stay, it's they're still going to have to deal with all that. You're going to have racism. You know, you're going to have religious issues. You're oh gonna, yeah. You're going to have political ideologies because. I'm sure that, you know, the, the Chinese and the Japanese who've never gotten along very well historically, uh, the Americans and everybody else are going to be in there like, our country's the best. Yeah. And it's be like, you know, and, and they're going to... Oh, no, no. I, I, I can already see you're going to have some American who sees somebody from the Middle East and it, it's going to be on. Just yeah. where I'm already seeing. And, of mm. course... Let, let, let's face it, pretty much we're kind of all, you're going to have all, everybody looking at the Americans going, we got to put up with the American, he's going to try to take over, he wants to be team leader, that's all Americans are. Yeah, and so, yeah, I see a lot of, yeah. just a lot of problems with the melting pot here. Right. And, so, yeah. So what's the first thing you do, you know, in that kind of a situation? Any ideas, uh, Jonathan? Uh that's the thing, because when you're dealing with different cultures coming together, having to work together, and you've got to try and keep... Ooh, boy. You're almost going to have to make it like... I want to say a prison, but that's not quite right. It's more like a rehab uh, okay. 
So what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, you're going to have to take everyone's stuff, confiscate it, check it, make sure that they're not bringing anything they're not supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And while that happens, yeah. what are you going to do with them? You're going to have, ideally, you'll distract them by immediately starting training. <laughs> of right. Some sort. Okay. The, the answer I'm going for is you'll put them in a uniform. Yeah. 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 You yeah. have to give them a new yeah. identity. So, and so you're going to, so they're going to have to have uniforms that fit all sizes because people are not going to be coming in all looking like, you know, the best of the best of the best. Okay. You're going to have to have all shoe sizes. You're going to have to have shoe sizes for aliens <laughs> and other things. And, oh, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm not even going to go to the people that say, well, I'm allergic to anything other than pure silk. <laughs> and the next, he's like, you oh. want silk lining? I can give you silk lining. <laughs> all the Demixi. And they're yeah, like, and just pull that waistband up. <laughs> There you go. I feel so much late hearing that noise right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it goes half your recruits faint right there. Yep. Yep. Right. Done. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, when when their uh, you know when their training instructor comes in as a demixie, that's going to be a real trip for them too. There we go, and we're off and uh, running. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I don't know how they would handle that. I guess it would depend upon you know the percentage of the. T- people there who I, I'm assuming that most of them will be human because it's it's well especially I, in the early campaign well, yeah especially yeah. but I'm just saying even later on uh, it's you know it, like I said it's it's a matter of opportunity and everything else so uh, you know I mean they're making a big effort to get everybody to run around and find fringeworthy if you go a lot of worlds, you know, they're still in the 14th century or the 1950s or whatever like that. Oh, God, if you're bringing, oh, God, if you're bringing in people like the Golden Horde and the uh, Pax Romana and the Erders and the Norlanders, Uh, and then you have to deal with, first of all, getting them on a damn airplane to get them to Alice Springs if they're coming in from Hatsumi. Then you got to have to deal, yeah, this is early 21st century Earth culture. What's that weird metal thing rolling on those? That's a car. You're going to be riding in a lot of them. Right. What, what is that picture with the person moving? Oh, that's television. Yeah. 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 Go, so, go to the Golden Horde and tell them they have to give up their weapons. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's like the Rome, Pax Romana going, what? We don't have a slave to do this for us? What? You know? Yeah, yeah. where's my slave? They, yeah, yeah, they still got slavery going on there. Yeah, okay, that's that. a good yeah. question. Is everybody going to have their... I mean, because that's not uncommon in a lot of military bases, like when they go in for officer training corps, you know, that you would you would be assigned somebody to be your uh, valet. So is every one of these people going to get their own personal valet to do things for them so they can concentrate on their studies and their training? I don't think so. I mean, you, you're bringing up military, you know, put them in a uniform, get them all. And yeah, there is going to be an aspect of military protocol etiquette hierarchy because you're going to have those drill sergeants there who are going to be busting these people's butts for, you know, a good portion of six months. And in, in the military, yeah, they, they break you down and rebuild you. That's what they, they do that because they want, and I'm trying to get this word right, the homogeneity, where everybody's on the same page, everybody's on the in you know in the same page of the book. Yeah, they want you to buy the into the, the whole UN point of view. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they're going to be having people from all over the world and later on other worlds training at this facility. I don't care if you were wearing a toga or furs and riding a horse in Mongolia. You're my little puppies now. You know, just you're going to have that guy there screaming at them. And you know the Pax Roman and the Gold. They're not going to be having any. They're going to be looking going, I've killed you in my mind three times already. You know, uh, plebeian, you know, golden horde. You know, he's just there like, never let me have a knife in my hand. I'll gut you like a fish. You know, I mean, they're just looking at this drill sergeant going, we're not having this. I didn't sign on for this <laughs> this earth, this uh, earther <laughs> to be yelling at us like this. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have that same kind of stuff that you see in all the military training movies, you know, like, as you said, like a full metal jacket, like uh, an officer and a gentleman, all that stuff. I mean, these is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot that one. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be caught. I mean, and and that was a situation where they they were like, you know, they they were officers. They were trained to be pilots. So they weren't the this wasn't like a boot camp. This was though they did make them work really, really hard. You know, uh, there's the advanced uh, marine training. You know, the uh, uh, the airborne rangers. I mean, that they they take people out of other groups to you know, and you know, again, it's supposed to be the best of the best. You know, and they take the and they take the best of the best. So you're like. Hey, you know, the only re- you know, I'm here. So there's going to be some wise, somebody, you know, wise person saying, you know, I don't care what you say. I'm here because I'm fringeworthy. Okay. You need me. I don't need you as much. So. Oh, no. That, uh, uh, no. See, I can understand if they say that during like rival training or the first contact protocol, where a lot of that is book work and maybe, okay, you're going to, you're, we're out here teaching you how to build a lean to. That's not going to fly during the physical training because, again, they're going to get the, dr- the hardcore drill sergeants like, you know, Epley Ermy. That's not going to fly at all. I mean, I just know they're, they're going to get put in their place real quick. And they're not going to be able to appeal to their home government. They are a stranger in an unholy land, to use the term. And that's going to get knocked out of them real quick. They're going to get, what, what's the term, get knocked down more than a few pegs. I just don't see that happening where they're doing the, well, I'm the one with the unique quantum signature. You're here, you know, stuck on Earth. I'm yeah, sure, I'm okay. sure there's going to be somebody who does, pulls that. Oh, no, out. you're going to have that. It's not going to last long, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, oh, no, I heard things. And you get more, like, retired adventurers who become, like, the drill instructors and see, the educators. That's going to definitely disappear even more. Yeah. See, what I see... Is, is that they're waiting for that moment where they go and they do that. And they say, you know, we don't need you guys as much. You know, we're, you know, we're going to go out there and, and find a world that's, you know, it's going to be like the Pax Romana and they're going to be civilized and all this stuff. And it's, it's going to be more like Ren Fest and whatever. And they're going to say, uh-huh, uh, okay, sure. And then that night they say, hey, everybody, it's a special treat for all the hard work you've done. We're showing movies. And they're all like, oh, yay, we get to see movies. And they go in and they show them the Meller. Oh, no. Mm. Oh. 
And then that's they a say, horror movie. Yeah. yeah, and they say, this is what you're facing out there. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be Camelot. It's not going to be Narnia. It's not going to be whatever you think it is. This is what you're facing. Now get out there and get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what oh, you're... No, I can uh, just see that. Oh, no, no. Yeah, see, that, see, that's, that that's the breakdown. Yeah, that's the breakdown training there to stop all the that, wise asses who think that they're you know, cocky because they got that unique quantum signature. Yep. That's not that, going to Out on that French path, you're just as tasty to that Miller as the guy next to you. Yeah, that quantum signature, don't add no extra flavor, take anything away. No, human tastes human to them. And they go, and that's when you look, and they go for the brain and spinal column first. And again, you got the guy, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. oh, man, no, no, no. I I, 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 that, I, that, I would say that little training film wouldn't even start with the Miller. You just start with all the other just horrific uh, situations and environments out there on the fringe. And then to drive the point home, that's when you throw in the, the Melor. Well, I mean, you don't want to be too, because you don't want to make them paranoid where they think every single person they meet out on the fringe path is going to be a Melor. You don't want to go too deep. You just want to see a Melor, if they get like footage of a Melor ripping apart some creature, then say, yeah, and by the way, those are out there too. What are those? Melor, and there's several different sides. You don't need to, to bring up the shape-shifting thing because, yeah, because then they get paranoid. Because then they think, wait a minute, there might be a uh, Melor here, you know. They start looking around at the people that left and right of them. But yeah, just enough to let them know that there are dangerous things out there. I, I do mm -hmm. like that idea. Just, yeah, yeah show It's devious. The, I like that. Show them the Melor squeezing their way through the tiny <clears throat> crack under a door to get to somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh yeah. How can they do or, that? Don't they have bones? Uh, like the song says, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Bonus trap points if anyone knows what that is. Anyways, but yeah, I, I would see. I mean, just and of course, again, this might be a few more years into still be in the early campaign where you know, like Team One has brought back some video. Okay, these are the things that you see. And they show them like the junk world where um, Waylay found the bottle of booze that, you know, mess with her powers. It's like, yeah, look at that. Expanses of, of civilizations that you never thought. That's a junkyard. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the first worlds we found. Oh, look at this world here. Why does it look like it got nuked? Because it did. Wait a minute, what's this world here? Is that a Russian tank? Yeah, that world got taken over by Russia back in the 1980s. Yeah, and by the way, Wait a, minute. a Russian tank you will be exploring in. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the, the Muscovies and all. Yeah. Oh no, when they yeah, they say, "What is this piece of crap?" And they're like, "This is your best friend." This is going to be the thing that's going to get you home. Yeah. Treat it as a member of your squad. Yeah. And you're, and no, you're I'm going I'm, to learn how to you know how to do maintenance on every part of it. Yeah. You lead, you lead the, your training. And that would be considered survival techniques because if you're if your Muscovy ain't running, you ain't making it home. You're stuck on the French paths, you know, hundreds of miles from home. Yeah. No, I would see that as quote unquote survival training. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction. 
and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.